0: Cybersecurity in the Era of Donald Trump. A special report coming up in this edition of the ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro. In today's security report will diverge from our usual format. Instead, you'll hear excerpts from a panel I moderated on May 16th at the ISMG Breach Prevention Summit in Washington. The topic, cybersecurity in the era of Donald Trump. You'll hear from former Obama White House Deputy Assistant to the President for Cybersecurity Ari Schwartz, now at Venable, one-time Deputy Assistant Director of the FBI Cyber Division, Stephen Chabinsky, now a lawyer at White & Case, former National Security Agency crypto engineer Randy Sabat, now with Cooley Law Firm, and Chertoff Group's Jeremy Grant, who led the Obama administration's Shared Identity Initiative. The keynote panel discussion kicked off with a presentation by Chris Krebs. A former advisor at the Department of Homeland Security during the Bush administration, Krebs returned to DHS a few months ago to serve as senior counsel on cybersecurity matters to Department Secretary John Kelly. CREDS began the session by reviewing cybersecurity initiatives underway at DHS.
1: With the department's cybersecurity priorities in mind, I think the way I would look at the current approach, uh, or at least under Secretary Kelly, the way we're going to be looking at things is not too dissimilar from the prior administration's approach. If anything, it's doubling down on prior efforts. Uh and we I kind of look at the approach things. the new Department of Homeland Security under Secretary Kelly. There are a couple other uh driving factors. That the administration has signed out, and that includes the efficiency executive order that the president signed out a couple months ago. In particular for DHS, it's looking across the department and ensuring that from at least from a cybersecurity pr- perspective is, is to ensure that we are optimized, that we've identified redundancies and figured out the best way to utilize all cybersecurity capabilities across the department. So when you think about cybersecurity at the Department of Homeland Security, it takes Form or manifest in a couple different places. I think probably the most well-known is the National Protection and Programs Directorate. That's where the National Cybersecurity and Communications Integration Center exists. That's where U.S. CERT resides. But there are cybersecurity capabilities elsewhere across the department. In fact, the U.S. Secret Service has significant cybersecurity capabilities that they bring to bear in support of critical infrastructure. ICE, that's Immigration and Customs Enforcement, has cybersecurity capabilities and cybercrime fighting capabilities as well. U.S. Coast Guard has a Cyber Command, TSA has cybersecurity capabilities, and the list generally goes on and on. So what's really important right now, I think, is we look across the department, identify the individual capabilities, ensure we don't have redundancies, and figure out where we can bring to bear, draw in capabilities from Secret Service, for instance, into the dot gov protection mission.
0: Krebs discusses another initiative to rebrand the National Protection and Programs Directorate, giving it a new moniker to reflect what the DHS unit does.
1: I think as Secretary Kelly said when he came in, when he was reviewing the org chart for the department, he said, what is that? I don't know what that is. I don't know what that means. We've got to fix that. At least at a top priority level for the secretary, it's changing the name so it means something. And you can build a brand around it, which is which is actually pretty important, I think, not just for international partners, but also for the workforce. Give them a, a good sense of what they're doing.
0: Krebs spent a few moments to discuss the WannaCry, or WannaCrypt, as he put it, ransomware, which he described as
1: one of the most significant cyber events in recent memory, if not ever, in terms of the scope, scale, and general risk posed by this event. So on Friday, that's Friday, May 12th, the NKIC, the National Cybersecurity Communications Integration Center, which is the NPPD watch center for cyber, noticed this event spilling out from across Europe and immediately stood up enhanced coordination procedures, which works across other federal cybersecurity centers, actively engaged with the critical infrastructure community, Pull down all sorts of indicators, shared indicators with, for instance, mail providers, with the communications, with the ISPs. The idea is sharing information in this situation is going to make everybody significantly better posture to respond and prevent the incident. At the same time, working with FBI and others on some of the victim mitigation reports through the weekend and pushing out a number of products, alerts, mitigation steps, working with some of the vendors that manage some of the underlying vulnerabilities. So first cybersecurity event, in the eight weeks that I've been at the department. And I have to say, the last administration did a fantastic job of resourcing, training, getting the NKIC, getting the cyber responders at DHS in a position to do their job. Some of the criticisms I've seen that DHS isn't quite ready to go, I was extremely impressed with the capabilities at NPPD and the NKIC. Don't believe what you're reading, they're ready to go, they're ready to respond.
0: Krebs concedes DHS and the rest of the federal government find it a challenge to recruit individuals with IT security skills, but WannaCry might have a positive impact in attracting such
1: people. At the moment, it's it's, it's truly very hard to convince people to come into the, uh, the federal government. I've been in the trenches on both sides, in industry and in government. And I tell you what, this weekend, the ability to see the entire ecosystem and play a role in fixing it, it feels pretty good. And I think that's a really important messaging narrative that we need to attach to our recruiting efforts. Folks can do some really important work, some really good work, and yeah, the pay might not be what it is in Silicon Valley, but you're doing a really important job. So I think we need to work with our folks there. And part of this slows down into the education piece, working with our K through 12 educational institutions, give them the resources, the tools they need to train up the, the next generation of cyber warriors.
0: We'll hear more from Chris Krebs and the other panelists in a moment. But first, this message.
2: ISMG's Fraud and Breach
1: Prevention Summit on June 20th and 21st in Chicago will address the current rise in the U.S. of data breaches, ransomware, business email compromises, phishing and computer network intrusions, and more. Hear from the founder of the Cyber Threat Intelligence Division of the U.S. Secret Service and other influencers. Visit events.ismg.io and register today.
0: Welcome back. Unlike other issues that have dominated headlines since Inauguration Day, with President Trump taking a radically different approach than that of the Obama White House, or for that matter, other administrations, the panelists generally agree that on cybersecurity, the transition from the Obama administration has been a smooth one. Indeed, there is a consensus that the cybersecurity executive order Trump signed this spring could have been issued by President Obama. Here's panelist and former special assistant to the president for cybersecurity in the Obama administration, Ari Schwartz.
3: There's been a continuum that if you follow this back into the Bush administration, the last time Chris was there, you know, the work that they did at the end of the administration on what was then called CNCI.
0: That's the Comprehensive National Cybersecurity Initiative.
3: Really became the Obama administration's 60-day policy review. The people that led the CNCI actually came over and were leading the policy review. That became the template for what the Obama administration focused on in the first term.
0: Late in Obama's presidency, the administration issued the Cybersecurity National Action Plan to enhance cybersecurity awareness and protections. Again,
3: Venables, Ari Schwartz. And now that has sort of been a guide for the Trump administration, and you see that in the executive order. It's a lot of things that moving forward. I think one key point that I think the, the executive order did really well on that front was look at, in the first piece on federal agencies, put out front saying we're going to hold leadership responsible and it's important for leadership to act. And the reason that's so key is because having worked with the agencies, they had their mission priorities set by the time we were talking about cybersecurity being a mission-oriented piece. They didn't have much wiggle room and ability to change their budgets to focus. New secretaries coming in have that ability. If you have a president telling them that they're going to be held responsible and that cybersecurity is part of their mission and they need to treat it that way, they have a lot more ability to do that at the beginning of a new president presidency, and I felt that that executive order really hit home on that point in particular. Chertoff Group's Jeremy Grant.
4: The direction we're moving is one that is showing continuity between three administrations now, and I think it's something that's quite welcome from my perspective as somebody who's been been working around this space close to 20 years because there shouldn't be partisan. We don't necessarily need radical change. We need to look at what works and what we know can actually be used to reduce risk and follow through and implement it. At a macro level with an administration that's been very focused on issue after issue of shaking things up, doing things different, the respect for what has happened through two administrations and now a third and building off of that has been quite welcome. To play off what Chris said, in addition to holding agency heads accountable, the focus on IT modernization is really essential and I'm really excited to see how that goes forward and frankly, not to catch skepticism, but how well can an administration execute it? It's very hard getting agencies to try and actually accept shared services. Agencies are inherently disposed to not really on something that they don't control directly. When it comes to cybersecurity, probably best stated by Richard McKinney, who until recently was the CIO over the Department of Transportation, said, look, you can bolt an airbag onto a 76 Mustang, but it's not a particularly effective or efficient way to get a safe car. Doesn't look particularly well, it's very clunky. But that's what we've been trying to do in federal IT for years, around cybersecurity. Let's take this old system that was architected in the 70s or 80s and see if we can bolt something on. We need to start scrapping those systems, move toward more modern, securable IT architectures. That being as a priority, really building off some of the work that we saw the last administration do from the IT Modernization Fund, now looking to go execute it. I'm pretty excited to see what happens there.
0: Trump's cybersecurity executive order also directs federal agencies to implement the cybersecurity framework created by the National Institute of Standards and Technology to safeguard critical infrastructure. Here's Cooley's Randy Sabat, who served on the Commission for Cybersecurity for the 44th presidency. I was in the government years ago, have been in the private sector for the past you know, many years, and... <laughs> Lots of gray up here. The the one other interesting aspect of this to me, all of this talk of the way that it's uh, gonna affect the agencies and and help protect the the homeland, I think is really important. But look at the spillover into the private sector. Okay, the the, uh, cybersecurity framework is not just being used in the government. It was originally designed for critical infrastructure. That's it. And now we're using it between commercial entities without any government involvement. For me, one of the exciting things was the continuity, seeing the same things that were in the previous administration continue in this executive order, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, not only on the government side, but also in the private sector. The Cybersecurity Framework has received wide acclaim from security experts worldwide, but a few thought leaders who like the basics of the framework have nevertheless questioned its effectiveness from financial and security perspectives. One of those voices belongs to panelist Stephen Chabinski, the one-time deputy assistant director of the FBI Cyber Division and a member of President Obama's commission on enhancing national cybersecurity.
2: If there were one area that I hope over time we'll see the administration focus on, which was not focused on to any great length in the prior administration, but had been a focus of the Bush administration, is metrics. It can really throw a lot of money Uh, and a lot of strategy into this problem without having any idea of how well it works or uh, whether it works at all. I heard um, one industry group.
0: Chubinsky's citing the Internet Security Alliance. Arguing
2: to some extent about the NIST framework when it was being applied to businesses. And they said, you know, before we apply it to all these businesses, we really should try to figure out if it's cost effective. And those of you who actually have Uh, studied or uh, perhaps even implemented the NIST framework will know that there are no fewer than 98 categories that you have to do. Each one would take years of effort with dedicated staff, although very elegantly presented extremely hard in, in doing it. This uh, industry group said we don't have an understanding whether or not the NIST framework is cost-effective, to which I responded, we actually don't have uh, any metrics to show that it's even effective. The threat actor moves so quickly in this area, so it's really time that we stop measuring ourselves against our plans. Well, we said we're going to implement this. How many did we implement? To whether it's actually working. That's the next evolution, but all signs are extremely
1: positive from this administration.
0: Senior Counselor to Homeland Security Secretary John Kelly
1: Chris Krebs. Steve's last point is dead on. I mean, if you can't measure it, how do you know how you're doing? Uh, and, and that's one of the issues I think we're struggling with right now is really de- determining that, that last dollar. What, what, is, what kind of risk are you buying down? That will be a priority going forward, but kind of generally, I think really what you're seeing with the executive order is a manifestation or aggregation even of lessons learned over the last several years. Everyone's sitting up here, their fingerprints are all over the EO. Some actually did specifically contribute to the EO. Others, their ideas that they kind of laid down in their time in government has kind of carried through. And kind of the message there is there's not much new under the sun in cybersecurity, frankly. it's just. How you do it, how your approach, what approach you take, and how aggressively you hit it. What we're doing here, and, and I, made, I was actually speaking on a, a panel last fall with uh, Andy Osmond, who was the former Assistant Secretary for Cybersecurity and Communications, and, and Andy was saying, all the right things, you know, we've set up the right operation, we've set up the plans, we've got the people. At the end of it said, look, we're in the middle of, a, of an election, the next team's going to do what the next team's going to do. It's a fresh look. It's a fresh opportunity to see what the plans are. And, you know, there's nothing holding you back. So you can really hit things hard. That's where we are right now. We're not encumbered by any past obligation statements, whatever. And we can really move out aggressively and really try to make an immediate measurable impact.
0: You've been listening to excerpts from a panel titled Cybersecurity in the Era of Donald Trump presented May 16th at the ISMG Security Breach Prevention Summit in Washington. We didn't have time in this special report to touch on other topics discussed during the 70-minute keynote panel. Among the other topics the panelists addressed, challenges to build a cybersecurity workforce and centralizing IT security governance in the federal government. Some final thoughts. For those of us who deeply care about cybersecurity, it's reassuring to hear from DHS's Krebs that the Trump administration that's very disruptive on other critical issues is taking a measured approach to cybersecurity that builds on the accomplishments of the Bush and Obama administrations. That said, Krebs and others in the Trump administration need to be creative as they seek ways to secure IT not only in the U.S. federal government, but throughout the nation and the world. That's the ISMG Security Report. Our theme is by Ithaca Audio. I'm Eric Chabro. Catch you next time.